The Claude 3 model family by Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. Haiku is lightning fast and cost-effective. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Learn more at anthropic.com slash Claude. Coming up on Money Beats, look at your week ahead. Reports out of the ISM on the manufacturing and the services sector. Couple of important uh, data points out of Japan and China. The IMF is having a week of meetings down in Washington, D.C. And of course, Friday morning, 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time, the monthly non-farm payrolls report. This is Money Beat from the Wall Street Journal. Now from our studios in New York, here are Paul Vigna and Stephen Grosser. Hello, everybody. Welcome to your look at the week ahead, our uh, weekly plunge into the economic calendar. Paul and Stephen here in the studio with our friend Dave Benoit. Mr. Benoit, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. And calling in from Washington, D.C., Jeff Sparshot. Jeff, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. Thanks for calling in, Jeff. And, and you know, you are going to be our basically our point man on this because you're the guy who put together this week's calendar. Ouch. So... We all know what the, the headline is, but and we've had a big debate here, folks, about whether or not to, to give you the headline up front or make you wait a Paul, little bit Paul for believes it. in burying the lead. No, I don't believe in burying I, I believe in building up a little little dramatic a little dramatic momentum before you give people the big payoff. I, I want to give people a full show is what I want to do. That's what I'm trying to do here, Grocer. So let's get so, into some ISM. All right. So look, let's start off, Jeff. Uh, early this week, we got a couple of readings from the ISM, the Institute for Supply Management. I uh, want you to run us through those. Sure. The first one, and that's on Monday, will be um, their manufacturing gauge. And, and what it showed us last time was a contraction for the sector, which um, really manufacturers, the U.S. manufacturing sector, has been weighed down quite a bit so far this year, uh, initially by a strong dollar. And then there's just also really weak business investment, uh, low commodity prices of Prices have really pinched demand from the energy sector, so um, we're looking to see if we can break out of that. And uh, right now, the consensus is not; we're still expecting contraction. Right, and these are—I mean, these are these are surveys, these are diffusion indexes, but these are important readings on the economy. I mean, people really do pay attention to these things. I think this is the most important one for the manufacturing sector, at least that we watch out of the U.S. Right, right. And so, and, and remember, when this turned into contraction back, uh, you know, uh, last month. Well, you know that was it was ahead of the you know the Fed meeting, and it really changed at least the market view yeah. of what the Fed was going to be doing later that month. Yeah, so that that's uh, manufacturing. Did you say? I'm sorry. Did I miss you? You have manufacturing on Wednesday, right? Right. That's the service sector one, um, yeah. and that service sector. I mean, there's been a big divide between manufacturing and the service sector. The service sector, it hasn't been growing as fast as it was earlier in the year, but it, it's still growing. It's much more detached from the global economy, um, any influence of a strong dollar or, or you know, factors related to commodity prices. So that's that's been doing well and expanding right along, but um, the, the pace hasn't been quite as good as, as, as we would like to see. Well, that was the other one last month that you sort of you, you, you'd seen it growing at, a, you know, 55 or above, and 50 for everyone is the line between contraction and, and expansion. And you saw a drop from 55 uh, point something to 51, and that really surprised, I think, a lot of people in the market last September. Definitely, definitely. And, and the consensus right now is that for it to pick up a little bit, 52.9, which is a little bit better, but, but still not great and not where it was earlier in the year when uh, – 
and even then, I mean, GDP readings were not doing that great. So uh, not sure, you know, how this is all going to – there's so many different threads and moving parts of the economy, and it's been hard to, to see everything hitting on all cylinders at once, and it still doesn't look like it's going to be that way. Yeah. Uh, let's talk for a second, Jeff, about the IMF meetings, the International Monetary Fund having a week of meetings in D.C. Why should we be paying attention to these? Um, this is where all you know the central bankers who have been trying to, to spur demand and, and uh, you know uh, heads of finance for different countries get together and try and talk about the big problems and what they can do to, to try and you know make the make the global economy work a little bit better. And they're working against forces that are you know very much you know populist forces that are questioning trade and um, signs that international trade or not signs data that show that international trade flows are down, economies are struggling, um, monetary policy stimulus just hasn't really been working. Um, I mean, heading toward deflation in a lot of places. Um, you know, what do they do? Does getting together like this create any good ideas, um, right. any policy solutions? I mean, anything at all? Probably won't see much, but um, it's, it's a chance. Yeah, yeah. you saw, uh, we had a story this week, uh, Costas Paris wrote a story about uh, shipping volume, saying that this year it's going to be flat for the first year since 2009. And that is just, it, it's a big tell about the state of the global economy right now. Well, it's not just, I think, the state of the global economy. This also gets into the political side of it, where, you know, around the world, you you know, look at Brexit, look at our election right now, mm-hmm. where people are talking, about, you know, are, are opposed to free trade. Yeah. And, and that's having a significant, you know, sort of, I think, impact on global trade. And it's for, and like I'm not sure this is the first time I was reading somewhere but it's it's one of the rare times where global trade is not going to actually grow faster than global GDP. And US exports and imports have been down compared to last year as well if you look at year-to-date totals. So it's just it's it's not a very robust environment as far as uh, you know international right. trade. And then talk to us Jeff there there are two readings overseas that are going to be important. You have a um, survey from the Bank of Japan on Monday you have uh, Chinese foreign exchange reserves on Friday. Can, can you talk to us about both of those quickly? Uh, briefly, yeah. Those are those are ones that um, our, our bureaus in uh, in Tokyo and Beijing suggested are going to be key key ones to look at. And um, I mean, as everyone knows, Japan's economy has been kind of struggling along. Um, any signs of improvement there would be would be happy news. And China, I mean. I'm not always sure what to make of indicators out of China. I mean, it seems to be a little bit of a black box as right. far oh, as yeah. the, the the veracity or the quality of their numbers. But still, I mean, any hints or signs of how the they're, I mean, they've, they've been growing very strongly, but not, yeah. not quite as strongly as they had been in the past. And it's such a key source of of global demand um, for for everything. I mean, commodities from you know iron ore to soybeans. That um, it, it's really a. Everyone wants to, to to read the you know whatever sign they can out of China, right? And and, and at this point, I have to put it, we got to get to the jobs report. See, <laughs> you're, you're I dying. I mean, like you're, you've you gone too far. The, the, you're you, dying for it. No, I was I building you up for it. I was I'm worried our you readers have like turned off the podcast. Our There's, listeners, our listeners, our listeners, uh, they have not because they love us and because they want to know about it too. So they've been here for it. And you know what, folks, we appreciate your your listenership. We appreciate your patronage, and because of that. Stephen Grosser, let's talk about the jobs report on Friday. Jeff, uh, the queen mother of data points coming out Friday, 8.30 a.m. What can we expect? Um, we can expect something pretty similar to what we've seen all year. I mean, actually, all year it's been it's been up and down. I mean, we've had pretty low readings. We've had, I think, a low of 24 and a high up in the up in the upper 200,000s. And, and right now the consensus is for 165,000, which is a slight step down. And it's a definite step down from last year. But 
everyone was kind of expecting things to slow down. I mean, there's a, a lot of people at the Federal Reserve think we're near full employment. A lot of economists think so, too. If that's the case, the, the pace of hiring should go down, uh, wages should go up, and unemployment rate should, should hold steady or go down, which is all things that we would like to see. Um, that ne- hasn't necessarily happened, though. I mean, there's still a lot of mysteries within, within the labor market in the U.S., and, and we're not seeing strong wage growth. Um, we're not seeing big surges in labor force participation. So, um, we're hoping for the best, but it's it's you know this has surprised us pretty much every month that it's come out. I think also the other interesting part about this is since I think the May surprise, we've really actually been saying each we we have a we have a great uh, you know habit of in the media I think of making a big deal of the jobs report uh, every month because it's you know it's the it's a very good you know sort of gauge of the labor market right yes yes of course however and so since May we've been saying this is the most important jobs remar- you know report we've had right but this one really actually I don't think it's going to be that important just because you know the the Fed is not acting. It, in, until December, so you know, like it's not—it's not, it's not going to have the market on pins and needles. Well, yeah, I was—I was going to—I was going to say the, the other reason why it doesn't seem as important is, is there's also one more before the election, right? right. It's not right. like this is uh, the defining jobs number for picking the next president. Certainly, I think you can argue it's going to be discussed quite a lot in the political realm. Though I don't think Trump really talked about the last one, which should have been bad news for Hillary. Um, no, I don't think he did. But. Uh, so you know, who knows what happens? But but there will be that one in November, just a few days before the election. Right, right. Well, we'll wait for his next three a.m. tweet storm. Show to be about the jobs report. Uh, I will give you a reason why I think this is an important jobs number, and why you should come to the Money Beat blog on Friday eight thirty a.m. when we're live blogging it because you want to know about. It. Because I think again, we're in a situation where the jobs numbers have been better than I think the the tenor of the rest of the economic data. If the jobs numbers keep ratcheting down, if the trend is is this kind of slowly, slowly these numbers are coming down, I think you're going to start to see people questioning more and more the strength of this economy, which is important going into an election, which does matter for what the Fed does, even if they don't act. And what it matters, because now we're starting the, the fourth quarter, people are concerned about how strong or how weak the economy really is. So I think this is an important number on Friday morning. I think it's always an important number for exactly those reasons, especially given, you know, when you're talking about, you know, a, raise, a rising rate environment and the Fed playing, a, you know, will be making moves. And the Fed tends to look at the trend line, not at yes, yes, they one do. number. So, like, I wasn't trying to discount it, but I mean, we were literally saying these are the most important. This is the most important right. jobs market or jobs report we've seen ever. You know, kind of like it was. I mean, you know, it was every single one felt like that because everything it was, we were all on. You know, sort because of every single one is that important. Well, the most important ones at September for sure. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> right. If you get 12 uh, of these a year, it might be, uh, I don't know. But that's a great point about, about how the, there's been a lot of dissonance between what we're seeing in the jobs report and seeing, in, for example, GDP numbers. Uh, so, I mean, yeah. it, it will be if, if GDP picks up, um, everyone will be pretty happy. If jobs goes down, everyone will, I think, get a little bit worried. So that's, that's definitely something to watch. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let, let's wrap up the economic calendar. There, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're talking about another calendar that is almost as important as the economic calendar. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. 
And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com. I'm Katie Hill. And I'm Quentin Fottrell. There's too many markets and more where we talk about the most fascinating personal finance stories of the week. The selfie now kills more people annually than sharks. 75% of Americans tip less than 20%. You want to collect Pikachu? Collect Pikachu. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a cotton picking minute. What's so special about a Pikachu? For more podcasts, check us out at wsj.com slash podcast. Become a subscriber on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. And now look for us on the Google Play Music app on Android devices. Money, market and more WSJ podcasts listen ambitiously this is money beat from the Wall Street Journal now from our studios in New York here are Paul Vigna and Stephen Grosser welcome back to the money beat podcast your look at the week ahead and look we're not just uh, economic geeks here we're also football geeks so let's talk about some NFL this Sunday I will throw out some games for you guys and you can give me your picks and I will rather than Rather than do what we did in the last segment, which was have a dramatic build up to the highlight, I will give you the highlight because what we have here in the studio, folks, are two Patriot fans and a Bills fan. So let's see what they pick Sunday. Patriots, Bills at Patriots, 1 p.m. All right, folks, what are your picks? Jeff Sparshot, we'll let you go first. I think uh, a lot of it depends on who plays quarterback for the Patriots. If it's if it's Julian Edelman, I give uh, I give the Bills a chance, and I'm going to pick I'm going to pick him. I, I pick him every week, and I've been wrong two out of three weeks so far. So uh, we'll <laughs> see how it goes. Do you think it even matters who the quarterback is for the Pats? Oh, unfortunately, probably not. I mean, it hasn't for the last few years, but <laughs> I got to hold on to some hope. I, th- I think we ambushed Jeff by accident, bringing this Bills fan into this podcast because clearly Rex Ryan can't even stop Julian Edelman at quarterback. Oh, wow. You don't think, huh? You don't but think Rex dial way, up something? Either way, I'm pretty sure one of the other two will be fine, Jimmy Garoppolo. Or, uh, or the other, or the guy, other guy you have yeah. playing quarter. You don't even yeah. know their names. It doesn't even matter anymore. Uh, I mean, the good news for me is if they lose, it's just going to hasten Rex Ryan's departure, which is something I'm looking forward to. So I, I win no matter what. There you go. That was, that, a big win. that was a big win last week, though, for the Bills. <laughs> that was. But it does raise the question with the Bills. I mean, it's like he's sort of antics, especially with Belichick. It's, yeah. it's when, are you, when, when is enough enough? I mean, you're not – if you were competitive with Belichick, maybe. But, like, stop. Yeah. Stop yeah. it all. I, and, the, and, the, and the real great question, you know, that I have is does everyone in Buffalo hate Boston that much? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 See, that's the problem, you, you know, when you win so many titles as we have, David, in the past sure. few years. You know, people, we went from being lovable, like, you know, Chicago fans to being hated. Yeah. So you're, you're, going with, fans. you're going with the Patriots. I, I actually tend to, I mean, I'm going with the Patriots because I always go with the Patriots yeah. and I'm a Patriots fan. But I have to say, like, the, you know, the prospect of Julian Edelman starting at quarterback, I think. I think we might run out run out of uh, luck there. Oh, Let's talk about the Sunday. The Sunday night game is interesting. It's a good one. Chiefs at Steelers. Steelers coming off a surprising defeat to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, what do you make of this one, fellas? They got their running back back. Steelers do. Yeah, yeah the Steelers yeah. do. Yeah. Al's back. And, you know, that just makes that offense that much more dangerous. And the Steelers are one of those teams that, that rarely lose twice in a row. Yeah. They uh they've got some they've got some firepower. Yeah, yeah. And the Chiefs uh the Chiefs look shaky. I'm not I'm not that uh I'm not that convinced in the power of the Kansas City Chiefs. Who might be down there running back. Yeah. That's what do you true. think, Jeff? 
Uh, you know, I, I think it's a toss-up. I've got to go with the Rust Belt team, though, so Steelers. Yeah, uh, I think I think Steelers in that one, too. Uh, let's see. Let's pick one. I'm trying to – who are some teams that are, like, that you thought were going to be good but are quickly uh, on the – what about uh, – this is, you know, this is uh, another game on Sunday night. Is it, oh, no, is this a London game, Colts-Jags? Yeah, that's the that's the London. That's game. the London. Yeah, it's at nine thirty a.m. Eastern time. Holy cow! All right, Colts Jags. Two teams that Jaguars were a sexy pick in the preseason, right? Everyone said they turned it around. They stockpiled picks. Not looking so hot. What do you think, Colts Jags? What time are you guys releasing this podcast? Is this going to be? Uh, we are going to be historically late. No, we are not. We will not. Okay. We the <laughs> short shelf life, but uh, we'll still have it. I think I got to go with the Colts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Grocer, what do you think? Colts, Jags? I go Colts. Spar shot? Uh, yeah, Colts too. I think. I mean, I just better quarterback. Well, that that is true. Uh, I'm, I'm waiting for him to get to. Like, I'll bet the Jags. Like he's doing this again. Get to your team. The, the Monday. Team you want it's to not talk my about. team. It's just it happens to be the Monday night game, eight thirty p.m. Monday night. Giants at Vikings. Three and O Vikings. Two and one Giants. Two and one Giants. Very very disappointing loss to the Redskins on Sunday. A game they could have won if not for they some completely completely boneheaded personal lack fouls. of discipline. Lack complete lack of That's discipline. Coaching. That is coaching. New coach Ben McAdoo is only his third game as a head coach. Uh, already questions for the New York Football Giants going up to Minnesota to play those three and O Vikings. Vikings coming off a huge win at Carolina. Yes. Huge. Huge. That defense is looks for real. Yep. Purple people leaders yeah. are back. Yeah, I'm Pretty, going Minnesota. Yeah, you know, I, I don't, I don't think it's wise to pick against Minnesota at this moment. At home, yeah, yeah. Spar shot. What do you, what do you make? Definitely going to be a Minnesota one. Mm. Definitely. Uh, I'm going to take the Vikings too. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I. You know what? I as a lifelong New York Football Giant fan, I know one thing. They are terrible in prime time. They are terrible on Monday night. Uh, they're just they don't they don't they don't travel well on Monday. I don't know why they're not good going up against the Vikings. And like you said, there's a great defense. Giants have a bunch of injuries and some question marks in uh, what's going on in their heads. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Vikings. I like to see that. It kills me. It, Fair it balance, me. Paul. V. It kills yes. me to do it. Dear listeners, you have a uh, legitimate pick going on here. Right. It's not just. Uh, not just homers. Not yeah. just homers. These are legitimate picks, folks. Uh, and please don't mark them down and record them because at the end of the year, I'm sure our picks will look terrible. Everybody, thank you for listening. We really do appreciate it, and we'll talk to you during the week. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. The Claude 3 model family by Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. Haiku is lightning fast and cost-effective. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Learn more at anthropic.com slash Claude.